Now, back to BetMGM Tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Ryan Horvath, Nick Cashew, BetMGM Tonight. Got a Grizzlies Clippers tonight, too. Your Clippers. Yeah, buddy. The Clippers. Yeah. You know what, man? I kind of want to. Nah, nah, can't do it. Tonight. You're, you're thinking about it, aren't you? I, Betting the Clippers. I have to be. I have to take it a little easy tonight. I got some big bets coming up this weekend. Big, big ones. Yeah, Alabama money line, Washington plus four. What? Uh, okay. Oh, also, uh-huh. Washington, Texas under. Kind of like the over in Bama, Michigan. Haven't bet that yet, though. And then tons of NFL that we're going to give out tonight. Yeah, fair enough. All right, we bring on Fozzie Whitaker, Big 12 Radio on Sirius XM, former Texas Longhorn, former Carolina Panther as well. So let's just look ahead to this game with, I mean, it, it feels like we, it, it like takes us, I don't know. I mean, I guess it does take a while to lead up to these games. It's just week after week after week, and we talk Texas, we talk Washington. So let's just start off with your big-picture view of this game. How does Texas match up with Washington well, and where do you look at them and say, ooh, they may have some issues in this game against Washington? Yeah, what's going on, fellas? I appreciate you all having me on the show. Um, Whenever I start breaking down, and obviously we've been breaking it down for almost a month now, right? Uh, with the pros and the cons, I think Texas has the advantage offensively. Uh, whenever you look at Washington's defense, what you see whenever you turn on the tape is a team that flies around the ball and they force turnovers, and they do it at a very high clip. Where you probably long for a little bit more wanting to see from that defense is a little bit more consistency, um, especially when it comes to tackling and tackling in space and doing a better tackling job against more physical kind of bigger style running backs as well. Um, And I think that's where I see Texas and the way Steve Sarkeesian runs his offense to be able to have the upper hand whenever they get opportunities to put guys like Xavier Worthy and Adonai Mitchell, C.J. Baxter, Jaden Blue, Jatavian Sanders, you put those guys in space. Um, I think Steve Sarkeesian and and this offense likes their odds to be able to put Washington defenders in space and take advantage and utilize some of the things that Washington has struggled with over the course of the season with the missed tackles as well as some of the deep passing routes uh, that they've given up. Uh, On the flip side, you talk about the passing game for Washington. Obviously, it's one of the country leading the nation Michael Penix Jr. is one of the top quarterbacks in the country has won several awards this year for being just that guy being an NFL draft pick very high along with his number one target Roma Dunze who will also probably be a first round draft pick uh, and they have two other guys McMillan and Polk uh, that are NFL caliber receivers as well so that trio of receiving cast that Michael Penix Jr. has at his disposal. The running back, Dylan Johnson, does a phenomenal job over these past five, six games, um, you know, showing his worth and his versatility out of the backfield. Um, I think that's where Texas has uh, Texas has struggled defending the pass, and especially the defense uh, over, the, over the course of the season. They've gotten better as the season has progressed, but it's still been an Achilles heel for them from the standpoint of giving up some big explosive plays and, and giving up some touchdowns late in games uh, whenever teams want to isolate those receivers against their safeties in particular. So uh, I'm sure Kalen DeBoer and, and Ryan Grubb and Michael Penix are licking their chops 
had an opportunity to get Roma Dunze and Polk and McMillan one-on-one with uh, the likes of Jaron Thompson or, or Derek Williams Jr., who's a uh, that's a freshman guy that'll get some playing time, and Michael Tav, who was a former walk-on, um, having having those favorable matchups probably lean towards Washington uh, in that matchup. So little pros and cons everywhere, but that's why we play the game to see how it actually all unfolds and who has the upper hands when it's all said and done. Man, Fozzie, I'm so glad to be talking to you right now because I mean you said a lot to about where I wanted to go actually, um, and you kind of already got there, but. I like the reason I like Washington with the points. I just think this is going to be a back and forth game. I just think this might come down to a field goal, and you kind of hit on some of the stuff. So, do you think Texas will make some adjustments in this game? Because you brought up Michael Penix and what he's able to do from a clean pocket, but he only completes 47% of his passes when he's outside the pocket, which I believe was 84th mm-hmm. among quarterbacks in the FBS, and then 59% of his passes against the Blitz, which was 53rd in the country, but Texas just doesn't blitz a whole ton. I believe 35% of dropbacks. 73rd highest rate in the country. Do you think maybe mm-hmm. they make some adjustments? Maybe they send some more pressure? Or uh, what do you think happens here? Because that was that was my concern. You know, if I was going to fade Texas, would just be Penix from a clean pocket kind of picking apart that secondary. Absolutely. That, that's something that Coach P.K. Pekwikowski, obviously very familiar with what Washington does and still has ties with some of those current coaches now. Uh, but that's kind of what he was known for whenever he – went into Washington as the defensive coordinator is a guy that can stop those prolific Pac-12 passing offensive attacks that feature the air raid or the spread and allows those quarterbacks and those receivers to be able to make those big dynamic plays. So I expect uh, the expertise, the experience that PK has had uh, defending Pac-12 teams and defending obviously his own offense whenever he was coaching Washington, obviously, it's different personnel, but uh, being able to have that familiarity, you you kind of know uh, some of the things that work well against those styles of offense and some of the things that put your defense in in a less advantageous position. Uh, But he's going to have to mix it up. Michael Penix is a veteran guy, right? He's been in the system for a few years now. He's played a ton of football going back to whenever he was at Indiana, and now, like I said, the amount of football knowledge and the accolades that he's been able to put together is symbolic of the type of college football player that he is and probably will have a good NFL career as well because of what he's been able to do so far. So in order to be able to get a guy like that uncomfortable, you're going to have to give him different looks. Your defensive line is going to have to play big and bad like they've been able to play all season long. Your your Outland Trophy winner, Devondre Sweat, he's going to have to make his presence felt. Byron Murphy, um, who's been able to create a ton of pressure up the middle, is also going to be big in these games, as well as the defensive ends. You know, Ethan Burke, Baron Sorrell, uh, even Anthony Hill Jr., who is the uh, freshman linebacker, is going to be rotated in there in some form or fashion to be able to help manufacture pressure as well, like he was able to do against Alabama. And I think that's how you get Michael Penix Jr. a little uncomfortable. you got to have people around his feet putting that pressure in his face. And, and like you mentioned, whenever you can do that and make him more uncomfortable, that's whenever he's off of his game and not at his best. Um, and it's uh, honestly, you look back at the Alamo Bowl last year, I know it's different personnel, different team, but the game plan that Texas had last year was do not get beat deep. And they gave up one deep ball on the opening possession, and then they eliminated the deep pass ever since then. Now, he, Michael Penix still got his kind of underneath and in the mid-range, 
but they didn't give up the deep balls. Where, where they kind of leaked was in the run game where Wayne uh, Tulipapa was able to bust out some big yardage, and he had over 100 yards rushing on limited amount of carries. And that was the, the kind of the deal breaker or the backbreaker for that Texas defense. So, honestly, PK's game plan from last year, I think, could be utilized again this year, knowing that you have better interior defensive linemen that can hold down the run while still having a light box, and that should help also with disguising different coverages and different blitz packages to allow this Texas defense to give Michael Penix Jr. a different look. Yeah, and you, you mentioned that defensive line. Obviously, the Longhorns certainly have the advantage there. Is that enough? I mean, we talk about that's what they want to do, right? Disrupt Michael Penix Jr. and what he's able to do offensively. Because I'm looking at a total of 63.5, pretty high total, two, two high-powered offenses between the two programs. Is that enough with what Texas has in your eyes where you could say, you know, it might actually cause some problems for that Washington offense where if I'm looking at this, maybe I bet the under 63 and a half here. Where do you think we are in terms of the total for this game and given what we're talking about there in terms of defensively for Texas? Hey, you know, I think it's hovering right above that line. Okay. Uh, I, I got it. I mean, and I'm going to just say it flat out. I believe Texas does win, but I do have it as a 38-34 game right. with Texas winning by four. So it's right on the spread. Uh, I do believe they would hit the over, obviously, in that uh, scenario. But it's going to obviously be dependent on so many different things, as football always is, right, in any sport. If Texas can manufacture the pressure that we talked about without having to play a ton of man coverage or without having to put their safeties in one-on-one opportunities with these receivers – then obviously that's going to lean towards Texas probably having some more success on the defensive side of the ball, which in turn allows them to have more time of possession or at least offensive possessions on the offensive side of the ball working hand-in-hand and in tandem from that aspect. If the Joe Moore Award winning line holds it down, which they've been able to do all season long, and keep Michael Pennett clean in the pocket like they did last year in the Alamo Bowl, then it can lean towards Washington's way where – They stay on the field and keep that potent offense that Steve Sarkeesian has off the field and frustrated and firing out that defense, and then you can have an issue on that aspect too. But um, the way I think it out is it'll be a back-and-forth game, but I do believe that uh, the offenses, in my opinion, will get the better of the defenses on both sides. Uh, and that would put me at the over in this game. Yeah, I could see this being like USC, Texas, Vince yeah. Young, Matt Leinart, and Reggie Bush going oh, back and forth. If we you could know, get so lucky, damn. That's what I'm hoping for. And, and then and then I look at the other game. You know, I look at the first game, and I look at um, you know, Michigan this season, and I don't really know what to expect in this one against Alabama because Michigan likes to run the ball a whole bunch. 56% right. of their plays, they like to run the ball, and J.J. McCarthy just – wasn't all that great the last couple of weeks of the season. He didn't have to do a whole lot against Penn State. I believe he only dropped back nine times. But, man, it's tough to run the ball against Alabama. Who do you like in that one? I do like Bama in this matchup. Um, I look at the expertise that, number one, Nick Saban brings to the table as a uh, prolific coach and, and one of the best coaches to ever do it. Uh, he's done it multiple times in a multitude in a variety of ways. Uh, and you kind of look at what this Alabama team has gone through, obviously losing to Texas at week two. And then ever since that moment, man, they've turned a, a, a new corner every single week and they found a way to win. Even whenever it was close in the iron bowl against Auburn, 
they found a way to win. I don't know how that happened still to this day, but it was a precise pass that will go down in Iron Bowl history as one of the best plays ever if you're an Alabama fan. And then the the complete and utter domination of Georgia, who's been the number one team for the past two seasons and pretty much all throughout this entire year. Um, and, and Alabama handled it quite frank. Um, I, I don't know how Michigan can respond against a team that's surging the way that Alabama is right now, and I think that's where um, I give Nick Saban and what he does to get his guys prepared whenever he has a, a month to do so, uh, as well as this Alabama team just being what they have been in college football playoff history, and that's always making their way to the finals at some point in time. So. I don't see that changing. I do believe they win against Michigan, but it, it, it'll be a hard-fought game. I, I don't think Alabama just runs away with it, uh, but I do think they're probably the more uh, the more complete team to be able to take the win whenever it's all said and done. Talking to Fozzie Whitaker, BetMGM tonight. I want to sneak in at least like one NFL question with you. Your former team, the Carolina Panthers, you got Bryce Young out there, a rookie quarterback. And, look, he certainly had his, his struggles this season, but throws for 312 and two touchdowns against your Ryan Green Bay Packers last week. Uh, best game of his career. Like, there's a lot of expectations, especially on a guy that's a number one overall pick. Have we mm-hmm. have we gotten to the point in the NFL where the expectations are just too high for immediate results from these first-round picks at quarterback, these guys starting their rookie year? I, I actually kind of do believe that. Okay. It's, uh, it's crazy to say it because of obviously how important it is to have that franchise piece be such a pivotal part of your team's success, especially in year number one. Uh, but it's kind of been a microcosm of what we've seen from the college ranks. Usually whenever we have a true freshman or a redshirt freshman playing in their first season, they're not nearly as productive as they are whenever it comes to second year, third year, fourth year in a system. And, I mean, we got people contention for the Heisman, obviously – Johnny Manziel was one of the first guys to be able to win it as a young, young guy. Bryce Young was a person that was in that same category, basically being all everything whenever he first stepped into that starting role. Um, And I think that's kind of translated to uh, expecting that same type of immediate success in the NFL ranks, but the NFL is a different beast. And there, there aren't too many individuals that you can look at that were drafted number one overall that have had immediate success to the level of degree that a lot of people are thinking. Like, the people are thinking, you go number one, you should be all pro. But that necessarily has not translated to that. So um, I think there are unrealistic expectations as the transition from the college ranks to the NFL ranks. And it's a little bit tougher to be able to be successful, but it also yeah. matters with the key pieces that you have around you. And I don't think Carolina put Bryce Young in the best position from a standpoint of support mm-hmm. as well as, obviously, the staff, as they're not even there anymore, Yeah, to be able to be as successful as he could be this year. Uh, it's, like, it's almost like we have uh, instant, want instant gratification in our society. It's amazing. <laughs> Fozzie Whitaker, you can hear him on Big 12 Radio now. Really Great appreciate stuff, the man. time, man. Thanks for coming on with us. Absolutely, man. Y'all have a good one. I appreciate y'all having me on, and Happy New Year's as well. Happy Better New Year. MGM the night. It's time for a short commercial break. Don't go anywhere, though, because we'll be right back with even more BetMGM Tonight. Presented by BetMGM. Live from BetQL.